Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pocketsville Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty. I'm joined on my left, your right, at all, etc. by... Who are you? My name is Cassidy Moser. You are Cassidy Moser. Cassidy, we met one another long ago. Yes, it was a while ago. ago. Yeah, that was a bit when you were still freelancing, right? Yes. And now your role is you are grand media ruler, queen, lord, overall emperor of what here exactly that is the exact title i have to i have six business cards they're all stapled together okay it's very long you just fold them out (laughs) yes like um, a print shop banner you just have little okay it's actually just a mini scroll i just kind of i like that it it works uh yeah i am on the stories team here at ign okay i so i help manage content for snapchat and instagram stories all right okay so so snapchat and instagram stories yeah so you're you're effectively producing a magazine every day yes Oh, that's, that's delightful. That's a very, yeah, that's the probably the best way somebody's described it. What a wise career Without choice. Me, I, you know, I kind of just fell into it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really pick it so much as it kind of picked me. Right, because when I met you, you were a guides freelancer, right? Uh, I was doing a guides, I was doing news, doing a little bit of everything. Okay, so yeah. you're writing a little bit of it all. And that's kind of what I do now. So yeah, yeah excitement, yeah. adventure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty excited. I'm putting together my first freelance piece. Uh, oh, yeah? Outside of video, since I is that yeah. the first like first ever freelance piece for you? No, okay. I, I freelanced for ages. Oh, okay, I was gonna say that would just surprise me. No, just my first one since I uh, stepped back into this creator role. It's okay. been a while since I've gotten to write mm-hmm. for for publication, and that's fun. It so, is. It is fun. Do you like writing? I do like writing. Yeah, I do. There is. I mean, that's kind of a loaded question, right? Like yeah. writing is a weird, nebulous thing, and it's evolved so much for me over the years. Like okay. I think for a long time, my belief of writing was just like writing is when you sit down and you put words on paper mm-hmm. and somebody takes it and edits it and then it says something. Okay. But I think kind of now the way that I approach writing is writing is creation and it's, it's, it takes many different forms. Yeah. Like I think it's words on paper, but I think those words on paper actually kind of become something a little bit bigger than just that. What do they become? I think they become ideas okay. and I think they become, I think they evolve. At, at, at its best. Do they evolve while you're writing them? Do they evolve after somebody reads them? I think it depends. I, I think for me personally, like the way that I've approached writing, like for for a long time, like I met somebody once that told me they they quoted somebody. I'm not going to remember who it was. I want to say it was like Emily Bronte or something. I don't know. Uh, but they said like, I hate writing, but I love having written. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, okay. but I'm kind of the opposite where like I kind of if I can sit down and get into a flow where I'm actually creating something and it yeah. sounds good and it's coming straight from me like it feels really nice. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. Uh, you and I were talking just before we turned the camera on about theology. Uh, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. But are you familiar with the the um, theological principles of inspiration versus illumination like how those two differ from one another a little bit yeah inspiration is what theoretically goes into yes. the subject and mm-hmm. illumination is what comes out of it sure. both are so like illumin- if you're reading something and it speaks to you that's supposed to be illumination uh, sure. like that cool scene in last crusaders like he who illuminated this <laughs> illuminate me i can't do start sean connery do you I sean thought connery? That was, uh my sean connery is not great oh i want to hear it uh give me a line oh okay let's see um uh, we named the dog indiana when you're the dog, Indiana. Like, Yours is still better than It's mine. really not. Oh, I but I appreciate that. No problem. <laughs> it's you're very sweet. Indiana. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess all my Connery quotes are, well, anyway, um, when you're right, obviously, um, without posing too many questions of divinity, there's this part that goes into it, mm-hmm. but you can't control exactly what somebody's going to take out of it. And that always scares the heck oh, out of me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I think any kind of art is terrifying in that way. But I think there's also something kind of beautiful about that. What about it? Just the fact that one thing can mean so much to so many, like, like, and we'll kind of get into this a little bit today with some of the stuff that we talk about, I think, but you know, you can create something like we see this a lot with directors of films, right? So take Ridley Scott, for example. Okay. Dude's made some really amazing movies. Mm -hmm. He's also made some stinkers, you know, Ridley Scott stinkers. Shock. But weirdly enough, some of those are things that he originally pioneered. So alien is an incredible Mm -hmm. movie. His most recent alien work is not good at all. So yeah, Ter- you know, ter- terrible, ranging. I would yeah, and I think I think the reason that it's not as well received is because what Alien meant to Ridley Scott may not necessarily be what it means to Alien fans now. Okay, and I think there's that interpretation mm. and there's that new take on things, and that's that to me is kind of what art can be in a weird way. You know, writing included in that, obviously. So once you share the art, is it yours anymore? 
I would hope not. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like kind of like the idea of it belonging to something more than you. Speaking of art, I mean, you're a writer and you manage a, a, a video daily magazine, but you're also a visual artist. I do. I, I really enjoy drawing. Yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. You're good at it, too. Thank you. What's your favorite thing you've ever drawn? Favorite thing I've ever drawn? I don't know if I have a favorite thing. I really love to draw people. Okay. Yeah. Do you, are your people of realistic proportions? Do you draw people that you see or do you draw people that you wish existed? Or um, I have always been obsessed with comic art. Okay. Yeah. Um, even from the time I was in high school, like my art teacher had this huge book of just loose comic pages that I would go over to and just do copycat drawings from because I loved how dynamic and flowing and expressive they were on the page. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. If, if I provide like a terribly written comic, will you do all the work and then draw it? That's a lot of work, but yeah, maybe it's, it's we can talk. It's a tremendous amount of work. <laughs> as a matter of fact. I would love to actually be a part of making comics. Have you never done it? Mm, not extensively. I've, I've done testing panels and things to kind of play with it, but no. We had another guest on the show, Guion Cruz, who actually works in this building. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Guion self-published a comic oh, cool. years and years ago and I brought it on the that. show. Yeah, it oh. was it was really, really neat. Um, but he's, he's a person of many talents as well. Sure. So Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show about the people we are grateful for. And today, as we sometimes do, we are tearing apart the fabric of reality. We are altering the rules. This is what happens when you bring me on. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. We, we do this many, many times. Um, uh, we, we're always going off into tangents. But... You want to talk about three specific people, and usually we keep it to one, but it's going to be three today. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who these people are going to be that you're thankful for. So let's head down right away and let you uh, let you take it away. Who's the first of the three people you want to talk about? So I'm going slightly unconventional. You said you've done this before. Absolutely. I have obviously I have amazing people in my life, and I I want to get that out of the way first. The so. way we think of the, this is the Oscar speech yes. segment of the show yes. where like hello everyone that yes. wasn't chosen. Um, <laughs> I still care about you. This is no. me doing my Francis McDormand where I'm hyperventilating, well, but I have something to say. <laughs> the show is not about who you're most thankful for. This sure. Yeah, I I I guess I just don't want it to come across as like, oh, everyone in my life is trash. That is not the case. I have amazing people in my life. Okay. But in terms of people who have impacted me the most I actually have a jujitsu coach who repeatedly says like all the time in interviews and things that his favorite heroes are fictional heroes mm-hmm. because they will never let him down okay that's rad that's a good I quote. think it's very interesting yeah and it's it's made me reflect a lot and so today I want to talk about three fictional characters three fictional characters three people that are not factually real but may be very real mm-hmm. in your life who are they First one is Mulan. Mulan. Yes. Oh, right. so I, I'm excited already. <laughs> I love Mulan. Mulan is is uh, is a movie that I, uh, I think of as kind of a, a flawed but beautiful classic. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things about Mulan I would love to change. Sure. But that movie knocks me on my butt several different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of Mulan? So, Mulan to me is a perfect film. Okay. Ooh, even better. I do. All right. I perfect. Love it. What makes it perfect? The thing that it makes it perfect, I think, is that it is a gorgeous mix of animation and storytelling. And there's very clearly a story that they wanted to tell with it. And they told it with a boldness, especially considering for the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. And that was? Oh, God, Jared. When was it? 1998 or something? Okay, so probably. late 90s around that Yeah, time. I was, let's see, I was probably eight or nine when that movie came out. Okay. I'm guessing. I'm so old. And so sad right now. Uh, so you were eight or nine when you saw Mulan. Yes. And you saw it in the theater. Yes. All right. And you go to this movie and it's a story that needed to be told in a, or was told in a bold way. Mm-hmm. When you say bold, what do you mean? I mean that Mulan, she probably wasn't the first, but she was the first princess that I remember seeing that was not a princess. Oh, okay. Yes. And for you, that was important? <laughs> so, yes, I grew up in an environment where women were one thing. Men were one thing. When you say in an environment, what 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 uh, context? Staunchly Christian conservative. Okay, so a very conservative yes. Christian household. This is your yes. family. Mm-hmm. When did this extend to your social circles and what you did during the week, or was this somewhat? The house you grew up in? Somewhat. It was more just the the influences in my life at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, were very much like this is what girls do. This is how girls act. This is what they look like, and I was never one of those girls. So it was a role based. 
environment for you there? Like yes. your parents both approached you with this idea? Yeah. And like, I, this is, again, my parents are lovely, wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And this is nothing that I hold against them. This is yeah. more of a, just a societal thing. Like right. this is just the environment in which I was raised where mm-hmm. this message was very clearly conveyed to me. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have three younger brothers. Okay. Did mm-hmm. they, how do they feel about all this? Uh, I don't know. They were too busy hitting each other and okay. so you <laughs> playing were the, in the oldest dirt and stuff. Yes. And you were the girl and you felt a certain direction toward what? I was very much a tomboy. Okay. Shocker. And mom and dad weren't so thrilled about that? No, they were fine with that. Oh, okay. So what was the pressure coming from? You know, I think the pressure was partially me just interpreting Oh, based on what people told me and you know my friend circles and stuff like that i also grew up in the midwest i grew up in like southern wisconsin mm-hmm. you know it wasn't exactly a radical place i was probably it was probably majority white you know definitely heteronormative everything mm-hmm. right so it was just it, it was one of those places where difference was not really tolerated and you f- uh, where did you first perceive a difference that made you feel uncomfortable I remember being told when I was probably around six years old that little girls love babies mm-hmm. because that's what their job is. Who told you that? Person at Sunday school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're sitting at Sunday school. Yep. This, is in a, this is in an evangelical Christian church yes. in Wisconsin. Yes. And this is the teacher? Or, or yes. Speak? Okay. What did you think when you heard it? It's nonsense. Right then, at six years old, just like yeah, which is really interesting because this is still something that I struggle with to this day is that kind of internalized misogyny. But at six years old, I was conscious enough to be like, "Well, that's stupid. (laughs) That doesn't make sense to me." So you didn't say it? (laughs) No, not at all. Because I I felt I felt shame for feeling that way. Yeah, because you felt like you were sitting in church. Church is where God lives. Exactly. And God says things should be this way. Yes. How did you feel about you and God with that? We've had a very interesting relationship over the years as a result. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, relationships with, with God tend to be kind of a pain. Yeah, to the point where <laughs> I would never, I, I don't think I would consider myself atheist at all. I, I currently, you know, we can get into this later, I'm sure. Um, I'm currently in a place where I'm very much reconstructing a lot of my mm-hmm. beliefs and figuring out where I line up with that. Okay. But God has been a very he's been a a presence throughout my life more or less in terms of how I was raised and how I grew up and all all that but it began with what you saw as an authoritarian idea around you that made you feel like that you were pressured to be something you didn't want to be yes you were a tomboy you were what did God not want you to do that you wanted to do Uh, take my own path take my own path God had a plan for you that whole scene in Mulan where she decides, I'm going to take my dad's place in the army. Yeah. Still sticks with me to this day. So you're sitting in the theater. You're eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Mulan's about before you walk in? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I watched the previews. I was all about it. Okay. Like, I was like, this is going to be great. <laughs> and then you sat down and it was everything you told? Oh, my gosh, yeah. All right. So you go and tell, tell us about the scene and how it impacted you. So I just remember watching this scene and watching her face just sort of shift from this fear to this internal conflict to this just determination of like, I know everybody's against this, but I'm going to do this because this is how I feel and this is what I feel is right for me. Um, and this, the whole scene was just perfect. It was the montage of her cutting her hair, you know, putting on the armor. The music was really driving and dramatic. Like the lighting of it was brilliant. The art was incredible. And it just is like a perfect sequence to me. So when's the first time you remember after watching that movie, your face making that same expression? Hmm. Probably not till in my 20s. Yeah. So it was a long time yeah. after that. Mm-hmm. That's not uncommon. Right? I mean, we look yeah. at our, like you said, about our heroes. They can do, th- you know, somebody can draw Mulan right. and make her do that. Right. Have her do that. Guide her through the story and that. Nobody does that right. for us. Mm-hmm. When did it happen for you, if you don't mind me asking? I started therapy when I was probably about 23, 24 mm-hmm. um, for anxiety, depression, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, like things like that. And okay. that was kind of a turning point in my life. Like I kind of have, I feel like I have two phases. There was kind of pre-therapy me and post-therapy me. Okay. Cause pre-therapy me was very different. Pre-therapy me was very quiet, very reserved, very 
you know, don't want to upset anything, just want to stay in the back and be hidden, you know, mm-hmm. blend in with everything else. Post-therapy me was like, no, that's enough of that. Okay. Like, you have cool qualities and it's time to actually build those. How long did that transformation take? Ugh, I mean, I'm still in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I probably felt more comfortable in my own skin when I was probably... Probably the best I've ever felt was when I was around 25. Okay. Yeah. And that was around that place. And then you felt the face change a little bit there? Like I'm Metaphorically, cut yeah. cut my hair and go put my put, put the armor on and off yeah, I Yeah. I think the day that I decided to do freelancing full-time was when it, that was kind of that for me. What'd you walk away from? Uh, physical therapy, actually. Yeah? Were yeah. you a student or you already graduated? No, I was, a, I was just below a PTA. Okay. So I was, I was kind of what a nurse is to a doctor. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it was a job that did not require a degree or anything. Mm -hmm. I was a personal trainer before that, which is why they hired me. So you worked your way up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you were well Mm -hmm. on your way to a career trajectory that's frankly very lucrative in physical therapy. Yeah. And eminently employable and decided to enter the wonderful world of video game freelancing. You felt the face change there? A little bit. Yeah. 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 It was just kind of that day where I'm like. Even though these ghosts have haunted me my entire life and they still continue to, I'm going to push through with it and just do this thing. So I've asked you a lot about the movie. I've asked you a lot about your background, but I haven't actually asked you about Milan as a person very much except for that Mm -hmm. moment. Let's talk about her for a second. Sure. Talk about something that she impacted you with, but what kind of person is Milan that makes you admire her so much? Milan loves her family. I love my family. Yeah? They're some of my favorite people in the world. And she was so willing to sacrifice like everything in order to protect and help her family. And she was willing to, I mean, obviously I'm not Chinese, as you can tell, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she was so willing to go against her culture and go against tradition and break all those things in order to protect her family. Um, and I like to think that I'm a loyal person. And so I think that kind of rung clear with me. What's the, uh, what's the strength of fidelity and loyalty in the family? What does it, what does it bring to your life to enrich it? I, I am friends with my family members. Like, they're multidimensional to me. Like, I have three younger brothers, like I mentioned. They're all age, oh, the youngest is going to be like 19, I think, this year, which is really weird to think about. I'm an old woman. <laughs> How do you think I feel? Um, right I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they, they all, I am friends with all my brothers. Like we text regularly. Nice. We, you know, share memes and stupid Vine compilations and they play video games too. And it's, it's this whole thing. Um, and I'm friends with my mom and dad too. And it's rad. it is, it's really great. Like I actually, I actually enjoy going home for the holidays and stuff because I just get to hang out with these cool people that I'm also related to. So did Milan do this for herself or for her family? I think it was a little bit of both. Yeah? Yeah. I think you can kind of see, too, as she gets to the camp, how she transforms. Like, she's totally insecure and, like, faking it till she makes it 100%. Okay. But then once she kind of sees, like, oh, I can do this. Like, I can totally do this. Like, it, it evolves. And you see her kind of become this person that she's like, this is who I'm meant to be. Rad. Yeah. That's really, really cool. What it, what's the best moment in Milan? Is it the, that perfect scene you described earlier? That's definitely up there. I also really love when everybody bows down to her. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably my... No, my favorite shot in the film actually is is the when you have the single rider on top of the, um, on top of the ridge. And oh, yeah. And it comes rolling down. Um, but that's because I'm shallow. Uh, the no, I mean, the, the animation in that movie yeah, is gorgeous. beautiful. I love that. That was the, mm-hmm. the, there was a teaser trailer that I've never been able to find anywhere. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I'm not making this up. Is this the one with the, the, the ink bleeding? And it, yeah, it's just like I've seen 30 seconds yeah, it's of them gorgeous. on the hill. And it's, it's unreal. Yes, it's gorgeous. Um, okay, you have seen this, so I'm not making this oh, up. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Okay, good. <laughs> I started to wonder it's if I'm okay. crazy. I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> no, no. Um, if you were to go on a... Uh, a, a vacation with Milan. Okay. You like Milan comes into the real world, mm-hmm. um, and you guys get to take a trip together. Where would you go? Oh, cool. you take Milan on a vacation. Honestly, I think it'd be kind of cool to go to Asia. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, have her show me around. Have her show you around China. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, that's kind of rad. And everybody, yeah. I mean, she can get in anywhere. Yeah. No, no problem. They, they have mad. City, they no have trouble. mad respect for her. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, totally. She, she kind of earned it. I, mean, I, I would hope so. She did save China. Um, 
kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is a really good movie. I'm mm. glad. I, I want to talk to you more off camera later about it because I totally. I, I've met a lot of people that love the movie. Um, to have you describe it as as practically perfect, that's very. Yeah, that movie. Like I could I could go on about that movie for a long time. Like yeah. it, it has a very interesting approach to how it suggests that femininity takes different forms, and it's you know you can be like the strong and like i mean the whole latter half of the film she's in more traditional feminine garb but still fighting the huns Mm -hmm. and still just totally directing everybody and telling everybody where to go and how they're going to save everything and like i think that's really interesting and again like the 90s were you know more progressive than the 80s and then the 70s and so on but at the same time it was still the 90s yeah and like there was still you know, feminism was a thing and it was kind of this weird form of it where it was like choice, but lights went out for a second. Sorry about that. Yeah, No, it's fine. Please continue. Yeah. I I think it's, you know, I think it approaches things on a level a little bit deeper than where we were socially at that time. How about now? I have not watched it in a little while. Yeah. So I admittedly, I'm sure that there's probably some stuff in there that's not great <laughs> actually i kind of i i'm gonna guess that you're gonna watch it and it's gonna be perfect that's one might of the, be it's like i said about art earlier I mean, it could be what it says to you hmm? may be absolutely what you need what yeah, you want totally and what I you love so i'm itching perfect. to watch it right now actually. Yeah, well, yeah, i mean we get we cut but you still got two people to talk about before we get there i know so, i know you know i'm gonna take a quick break before we move on to the next part uh, you do that i'm gonna drink this tea drink that tea there mm-hmm. we're gonna do that because we have multiple patreon producers to thank this month first as always mr robert Nieder, whose generous support makes the show possible but also patreon producers austin riley and patreon producer top shelf gaming uh, so we've actually got three producers this month. Thank you, Patreon producers. You allow me to do fun things like eat. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And to everyone who supports us on Patreon. And uh, by the way, if uh, you can't support us on Patreon, there are plenty of other ways. Uh, and guess what? You're familiar with most of them. People talk about clicking that bell. But, you know, it's nice to have that uh Follow us if you can. Join the Facebook group. It's free. And there's a lot of nice people there. And fun discussions. Um, just... Those wonderful, encouraging messages you send. Thank you for being easily the friendliest online community I've ever encountered. Thanks to all of you for that. You ready for number two? Am I ever? All right. Oh, am I? Wow, you are. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Very well. I haven't well. podcasted in a while, so this is fun. No, I'm having a ball. I, mm-hmm. I, we, we, we run kind of loosey-goosey around here. I mean, yeah, this entire, the entire rig is cobbled together out of duct tape and bailing wire. <laughs> but, sure. Uh, it's fun. All right, number two. Who's the second uh, fictional person you want to talk about? Ray. Ray! Ooh, 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 I'm so excited! I know. Okay, good. I know. Uh, all right, wait, what, what does Ray mean to you? Oh, Jared. I, I, I cried multiple times during The Force Awakens the first time I saw it. Okay. I... Most notably in the moment when she catches the lightsaber using the force. Oh, yeah. Well, like when, when it flies, oh, when he's reaching gosh. out for it. I still get and... chills. I still really do, genuinely. So to back this up, Star Wars was my first geek love. What's your first what? My first geek love. Oh, okay. Very first, first one. Okay. I was six years old. Oh, wow. My dad, my parents were pretty young when they had me. Like they were, well, they, by today's standards, anyway. Yeah. I, my mom had me when I was, or when she was, when I was 24. It was, was I, wow. I just, she's a superwoman. It's like no. a Mork and Mindy what, <laughs> uh, birth right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was 24. Um, and my dad was about the same age. And like, you know, they didn't have a ton of money. Like they, they eventually had like three kids. My mom had my youngest brother when she was in her thirties, but you know, they didn't have a ton of money. So my yeah. dad was working and he bought the original star wars trilogy on vhs and he bought a surround sound stereo (gasps) and brought it home and was so jazzed and he i just remember him coming in the door and he had this box of these vhs tapes and i looked at it and there's this terrifying like skull mask man on the front and i'm like what is this the black box vhs yes with vader on the front yeah i know the one you're talking about i had that set it was terrifying and i was like what in the world and my dad was like just trust me this is gonna be so awesome (laughs) how old were you at this point i was six oh that's i i know i was literally the perfect age for it and i just like it is one of the most vivid memories for me i just remember being transfixed by it just like watching it and being like this is the coolest thing ever like there's all these flying ships and there's laser swords and like there's this terrifying man in a mask which darth vader is still terrifying oh absolutely to this day no 
I, um, I, I'm with you. He, he's a, a wonderfully frightening villain, especially without the context of whiny, whiny Anakin. Oh, my gosh. Less cool. I actually, so we went to, this is a very quick aside. It's okay. We went to Disneyland last year after E3, um, and they had a whole thing where you could meet Chewbacca and you could meet Darth Vader. It was terrifying, Jared. I'm I am 28 years old and like I went there with a handful of friends like here from IGN and like we were standing there waiting to go into this room and like Darth Vader they like were in line at one point and they turned they were pointing and I, I turned and Darth Vader is right there he's like six foot one this huge imposing figure whoa People we've been turn the lights out. plunged into darkness well oh, this man. is new yeah. Uh, Okay, hold on a moment. I'm going to go hit that little... Oh, wait, wait. no, it came back on again. This like, is... Wow. They like playing with it. It's Darth Vader. It's Darth Vader. Yeah. It's Darth, whoa, knows. it is... He knows. He's using the, the force. force. He is just yeah. throwing his unscrewed, just like <laughs> untightening. I mean, can you imagine if Darth Vader were really pedantic? I mean, he's very old at this point, so like yeah. maybe that's all he can do. But what if he just like he just like he unscrews light bulbs? <laughs> he like takes takes your earring and makes it fall out, or unties oh, shoelaces. That'd be the worst. He's like he's oh, like a man. really terrible poltergeist at that'd that be point. Awful. <laughs> I can see Anakin doing that. Like, oh I yeah, I love Padme, oh, and totally. I want to do that to somebody. Totally. Oh, Ugh. anyway. But, but yeah. anyway, yeah. So this there's just this. Cr- he was huge and he just like looks down at me and I'm not a very tall person to begin with. So it was just like twice as terrifying. And he's just like, it is your time. And I was like, (laughs) this man to his credit, whoever was playing this dude did not break character. He was incredible. And like, it was awesome. They get us in there and he's like, the rebels have stolen the plans for the death star. And we want to know if you know anything about it. And I was like, I don't know anything. (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> it was so, good. so great yeah it was awesome anyway that was my assignment. No, cast members are the best i i, I love <laughs> disney the cast members is incredible you know, oh, um, i didn't know about the signatures and all that uh, oh yeah no i didn't no either yeah yeah like you have to if you're gonna play a character they have mm-hmm. identical signatures so no yeah. matter who's playing so yeah that's amazing it's like, really cool it, like no matter where you go the the, the <sighs> actor signs it the same it's so way good. It's, like, it's so, so good cool. all right anyway please continue yes so i remember being six years old watching this movie and just being transfixed by it okay. and obsessed and like to this day my favorite star wars movie is still return of the jedi oh exciting it's, it's a weird one it's 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 out of left field a little bit it but is. um no it is my favorite movie it is objectively probably not the best star wars movie but i don't care mm-hmm. i i i actually talked to a lot of people about this when last jedi came out like i don't i have absolutely zero interest in evaluating star wars movies as films oh that's fun yeah i don't care i don't care if there are plot holes i don't care it's not a movie to me. It's like a snapshot into this other world that I adore and I just want to pitch a tent in. Lovely. I yeah. Like that. So yeah. I, I, that said, mm-hmm. did you enjoy all of them? Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. There's, okay, so I shouldn't be making... Well, making, okay, the prequels are another thing, but Okay, yes. that's all the candle ones. The prequels so. still have their moments, mm-hmm. I will say. They're they're bad, but they they still have redeeming qualities. They're, you know, I, I mean, the same can be said of viruses. Um, yeah? Yeah, so that can be, you know, poop. <laughs> Lots of useful things you can do with poop. That is true. Um, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I digress. I do love that Jedi is your favorite because I love Jedi. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I agree with you, uh, looking at it from a critis- critical eye, it's not as well constructed as... But I don't as, care. Yeah. Like, I, exactly. no movies have ever made me feel as much as Star Wars does. Yeah. And Return of the Jedi is undisputably, like, the one that made me feel the most. Like, just it's just, you see Luke, he goes from being this whiny dude yeah. to being just, like, this all-powerful person. And, like, that transformation is so cool and so perfect. And I, Cassidy, uh, this is your episode, <laughs> not mine, but I'm going to interject an anecdote. I okay. was four years old when Jedi came out. Okay. And they had re-released Empire the year before. That's so I've so gotten cool. to see it in the theater. Oh, that's so cool. Um, Star Wars I'd seen because my parents had HBO and it was on every day and I watched it every day to the wow. point that I could recite it from memory as, as like a, apparently as a three-year-old I could recite Star Wars. Wow. Um, which is silly. My parents tell me about it. That I would do the whole two-hour movie. <laughs> and uh, I can still do most of it from, from memory now. That's pretty great. Anyway, all that said, I'm sitting with my grandparents mm-hmm. in the movie theater in Ohio watching Return of the Jedi for the mm. first time. And this Jabba's Palace stuff is the most fantastic thing I've ever seen. It's and the best. You've got Salacious Crumb. You've got the Rancor. You've it's got... so it's so weird. And watching Luke, like the, the Rancor fight, if you watch it, really isn't that exciting. Yeah. But it's so cool. Because <laughs> Luke, Luke is finally capable. Suddenly yes. Luke can do, Luke has done nothing right except shoot one like bullet and two. You yes. Know, he shot a thing in a hole once. But and other as, than that. As much as I love the the 
comics and stuff and how they're sort of exploring the gaps between the movies, that hard cut from whiny dude with no hand at the end of Empire yeah. to this just badass dude. Can I swear on here? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, wearing like this like all black cloak and just walking in and like treating Jabba's palace like he owns the place was just yeah. so cool. Just walking in without a weapon. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, no, and nothing. Mm-hmm. And then, and that's the moment as a kid, it's I'm watching so the sail barge and there's that boom, boom, boom. <sighs> and when I saw R2-D2's yeah. head open yep. up and that oh, little... Oh, yes. I was like... Jared, I'm, like, I have goosebumps now. I was... It's so cool. It's gripping my seat just like... That's the new lightsaber I saw it in the poster. It's so cool. It's so cool. That moment. And I love Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I really do. And and this is we're getting to Ray. Yep. Don't worry. We're having fun. Oh, yes. I so I had the toys, like again, family of six. So like we didn't have a ton of money, so I didn't have all the Star Wars toys in the world, but yeah. I did have the ones that mattered to okay. me. What are so, the ones that mattered? Luke in the X Wing outfit. Oh, excellent. Uh That's throne room fight Luke. Um, I had and the black with the glove. Yes, yeah. I had Han- and the glove was like a special shiny material Ooh. as compared to the rest of it. I have like a really weird attachment to tactile memories. I think that's cool. Yeah, like and that's one of them. Like his hand, I remember was like shinier and it was smoother and like it was cool. Anyway, uh, I also had Leia and I had Han Solo. Which Leia did you have? I had the Hoth one. Oh, I love Hoth. And yeah, I know I had this one because I found her at Comic-Con last year and uh, I bought her and I was so stoked. Hoth Leia is my favorite Leia She's action great. figure. She's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also had that really weird uh, Chewbacca version. It wasn't Chewbacca. I forget what his name is, but he's the Wookiee from Shadows of the Empire that looks like a pirate. Oh, I forget his name. <laughs> okay. I don't remember his name. But I yeah. Oh, Dash Rendar. Yes. I, I actually, I bought a Dash Rendar action figure when I was at Comic-Con too. Kyle Katarn or Dash Rendar? <laughs> I, you know, I never really played a ton of the Jedi games. Uh, okay. So by default, Dash. All right. Well, I get it. If Although, it's by default. I recommend, or I, I recognize that he is, you know, bargain bin Han Solo. Like, yeah. I get that. He's got, I also, shoulder, he's got shoulder pads. He he looks like a couch. He <laughs> 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 just straight up looks like a couch. When I left IGN, Max gave me a Dash Rendar as a going away present. I, that's I great. Still him I know you him. hate him. Oh, I do hate him so much. <laughs> I have an attachment to Shadows of the Empire because I Nintendo 64 was the first console I ever owned that I ever had in my house, and Shadows of the Empire was the first game that we got for it. That was the reason to go out and get an N64. Well, that and later on uh, Pod Racer, which Mm. I will argue is one of the best Star Wars games. No, Pod Racer's solid. Pod Racer's really good. Good. The only fault that game has is that only had like six stages. Yeah. Yeah, but Pod Racer is glorious. It's a really good. Oh, video it's game. so fun. Yeah, yeah. I that, didn't care that about racing and, uh, games, but Pod fun. Django Fett Bounty Hunter also severely underrated game. Okay, now that we're gonna we, I think we have to do a podcast about Django Fett Bounty Hunter. Yeah. All right. I actually have played it recently because it's on PS4 now. Patreon exclusive. We've we found our top. <laughs> we <laughs> found good. our topic. Sounds All good. Right. Yes. So let's let's swing it back to Ray because I took yes. you off on a tangent there with yeah. my Jedi story. Yeah, this is Star Wars. This is what's gonna happen with me. I'm okay with that. That's we go on a lot of tangents here. Yeah, so Ray for me is one of my go-tos for why representation matters. Because uh-huh. I love Leia. I do. I think she's an incredible character. I never connected with her as much as I did with Luke. Okay. And I absolutely adored Luke. I thought he was the coolest thing ever. I had my I had a fake lightsaber when I was a kid. Well, yeah. I mean they're all fake, but <laughs> my uh my dad, like they I wanted one of the flip out ones real bad. My mom was like, you are going to beat your brothers up with it. No. <laughs> so my dad went out and bought a hula hoop that was like neon green and he cut it and he made one, like he made a lightsaber he out of it. He made your own It was so cool. It's like a real lightsaber. It was custom made for It was you. great. Yeah. And I had a Luke Skywalker lightsaber. you still lightsaber. have it? No, no. That thing's in a dump somewhere in Wisconsin, I'm sure. You should make yourself one. Uh, I know. I actually, <laughs> I actually am now... At a point where I, because I have disposable income, I am just buying every Star Wars toy. Mm-hmm. It, It's a weird thing that I'm still kind of accepting, I guess. Like, I don't know. I, I struggled a long time with, like, being a geek and, like, having toys and stuff. And, like, now I'm, like... I don't play with them, but they make me happy to look at because they're so cool. Toys are so much fun. They're a tangible piece of that thing that I love so much, and I can hold it in my hand, and it's there. They're the best. Yeah. Toys. Now, with that, you uh, you ever thought about getting like a saber forged saber? Maybe those Those things are like hundreds of dollars. They're very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they are. I mean, I've I've had a chance. Saber forge in particular, Mm -hmm. uh, they take forever to make, Mm -hmm. and they are pricey, but 
the quality is they're very cool yeah maybe someday maybe yeah, someday beautiful when i'm they rich really and when I'm, when I'm rich and can afford it there we go. but until then you gotta buy some more tires so back mm-hmm. to ray yes so you're talking about I, representation. I, yes i love luke skywalker so much but there was mm-hmm. always that thing of you are not luke skywalker mm-hmm. because luke skywalker is a guy okay i love luke i have he will always be one of my all-time favorite fictional characters ever mm-hmm. but when ray appears and I actually, my little brother told me he was never going to go see a Star Wars movie on opening night with me ever again because of the opening night on Force Awakens. When she grabs the lightsaber, I was like, I'm home. This is me. This is Star Wars looking at me and saying, hey, you have a place here. Oh, that's it was so beautiful. And like, I just remember we, <laughs> we left the movie. It was probably the most fun I've ever had seeing a movie because we went opening wow. night like it was, I mean, it was the Thursday night, like opening night, I guess. At seven o'clock, that thing was packed. Everybody was excited. Everybody was cheering and laughing. And it was so much fun. And like we left the theater and I had like a water bottle in my hand and I was just like screaming. <laughs> I like, I, I remember spiking the water bottle on the ground and just being like, the new Jedi is a woman. Everything is good. <laughs> Can you, I, 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 this is a difficult thing to, to ask mm-hmm. somebody to encapsulate. But sure. yeah, I'm an old man. Sure. Um, Today, when we're recording this, it's mm-hmm. International Women's Day. Yeah. Um, a great, great moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now at, at a kind of a time in history when, when some things are being... Challenged. I don't know the right way to put this. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So what I want to ask you is, if, as best you can, mm-hmm. try to encapsulate what her catching that saber, what that moment did inside you, what it means... <sighs> And I understand that's a challenge to, to convey, to convey thoughts. It's and emotions a challenge because I don't want to cry on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> crying is perfectly. Fine. Um. So when Star Wars came out, I was living in Idaho with my family. Okay. I had never wanted to live in Idaho. This was not part of my plan. But we kind of talked about this beforehand, right? Like sometimes I think you need to just take a leap put this thing to be extremely white girl, put this thing out into the universe and see what happens. So my plan was to go to Idaho, you know, work, just save up money, get to California. Okay. Because it was close. And I was like, that way I don't have to stay in Chicago. I don't have to ship my stuff. And it worked for the most part. Like I, I don't remember how long I was there. It was not quite a year. And I, and I did eventually find a roommate in California. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I was stuck in this place where I'm just like, I have nothing and no one. I have like barely any friends here. This place is so remote. This place is so backwards. I don't feel comfortable here. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally just had like my, my brothers and like my jujitsu friends. And that was it. Um, and I often, because freelancing is not a lucrative place at all. Like I would just look at it and be like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I'm making no money. There is no guarantee that I'm going to get any job of any kind. Mm-hmm. You know, this is extremely competitive. And it was terrifying. And all the while, I was still very much wrestling with my own identity, which we'll get into later. Um, And, you know, that idea of what am I allowed to do? You know, am I allowed to be my own person? Or do I have to line up kind of with what I've always been taught I'm supposed to be? Mm -hmm. You know, and there was that whole thing of just like, going back and forth and back and forth. And Ray's story throughout both the movies that we've seen so far, I feel a very strong connection to. Hmm. Because she goes from being this person that's like isolated and has, you know, she's waiting for something and she doesn't know what. Yeah. You know, she keeps telling herself it's one thing, but she knows it's not. Okay. She knows that she's scared. <laughs> and so that moment when she grabs the lightsaber for me was just like, fuck it, we're all in. Wow. Yeah, it, it's, it's, that's what it was for me. It was just like, here it is. I'm doing this. I've always known I can do this, but I've been too terrified to do it. Oh, and sure enough, you are you are kind of tearing up there a little bit. Yeah, so a little like, bit. Yeah, that's, that's You're beautiful. probably one of the first people to get me to cry on camera. So oh, I wasn't trying. I <laughs> promise. But. No, yeah, that's that's what it was. Was like I had a big poster of her on my wall above my desk, and yeah. it was just like I I had to see her because it was like there it is. Like there's me. There's what I can do. I just have to get that push and get that jump. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, of course. That's spectacular. Yeah. Uh, what about, uh, what about your third person? 
Third person is another reason why representation matters. Oh, okay. I'm seeing a recurring theme. Here. Yeah, it's uh, I I am probably admittedly annoying about this, but this is a drum that I will bang all day long, and that's just it matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. People can see themselves in media, that people can feel connected to it, and that there's a wide range of people and connections that they can have. Everything you and I do for a living is built on the conviction that storytelling matters. Yeah. Every great religion in history, mm -hmm. every every great work of fiction is built on the idea that stories affect who we are. Oh, totally. Yeah. I there is a writer, she's kind of controversial. I I really admire her work. I think she's done some problematic things, but um her name is Lori Penny. Mm -hmm. And she wrote this really amazing piece around the time that Star Wars came out. And it was when people were mad that the new lead was a woman. And they were talking about like, oh, it's just a story. Like, it's stupid. It doesn't matter. Like, we, we don't need to have a woman for this. Like, it doesn't have to be this. Stop forcing things. And what she said was, it's a story. It's something that can change the tides. It's something that can challenge people. And mm -hmm. it's something that can build this world that we want to see while we're not quite there yet. And she, the one line that stuck out to me was, it's only a story. It's only the most important thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And like, right. I totally agree with that. No, I, I agree with you as well. Uh, I, you've been talking about Luke this entire time. But mm -hmm. my, I'm a person of, of faith. I, I served as a minister for many years, but I can tell you that my theology is as dictated by Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Interesting. As it is by anything, because those formed me as a kid. My sure. idea of say, thing, ideas like redemption, sure. forgiveness, transformation, yeah. growth. Those were defined by those icons mm -hmm. um, and affected me deeply. So I, I do, I, I buy this, the drum you're beating, good drum. Okay. That's, that's my answer. Thank you. Uh, I, I think that. it's a superb drum. <laughs> and it does matter. And here in a, in, a, in a place where representation is clawing against a giant screaming boulder mm -hmm. called regression that's yeah. rolling down on it. Here. Totally. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you want to say about uh, about this third character? Um, so this is, I'm probably going to get emotional. I apologize really, in advance. Again, why I, are you I, apologizing? I, really, I hate crying, Jared. Well, I don't like it. <laughs> well, there's a, first of all, there's a box of tissues over there. You mm -hmm. can go grab it if you want. Yeah, maybe in a minute. But the second thing is... I'll tough it up. If it troubles you to cry on the camera, we can turn it off. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. Oh, no, it's fine. I'm okay. just being a baby. Um, well, you're not crying yet. You can't be the baby yet. <laughs> That's true. That's very fair. I was trying to make a crying baby joke, but I'm not good at jokes. <laughs> no, you're a very funny man. Uh, it's very kind of you to say. I don't think I'm very good. <laughs> no. Um, so I am gay. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I realized probably about a year and a half ago. Um, because of the show Supergirl. Okay. Yeah. Damn it, Jared. I hate this. Anyway, uh, there's a character on that show named Alex Danvers. Okay. And throughout the first half of season two, there is an arc about her coming out. And there is... So, like, I remember when they first introduced her love interest on the show, she was not out. Okay. She was not out to herself. Um, or anybody. She had no idea. She was kind of blindsided by it. And I remember people being like, oh, like this is humming. This is happening. We can see it. And I, coming from the background that I come from, I was like, oh, this is inappropriate. I can't look at this. Had no idea. I was also at that point in time questioning myself. What were you, if you don't mind, can you elaborate sure. on that a little? Um, yeah, on what? When you say questioning yourself, uh, when it comes to your sexuality for somebody, mm -hmm. I am not homosexual. Mm -hmm. I've never been through that particular mm -hmm. uh, moment of self-realization. Sure. Can you expand on that a little bit for people? That sure. Uh, it's a weird, messy process that I'm still going through because the, the internalized victory is a real fun thing to cope with. Um, no, I have never been big on dating. And it always bothered me for a long time. And I thought it was because, you know, my background has a very fire and brimstone approach to sexuality in general, where it's, you know, like not before marriage and all that. And like, like, I, I definitely don't want to be here and like trash on anybody's beliefs, or anything mm -hmm. like that. I just like for me personally, like I for the longest time just felt like, oh, I just avoid guys because I'm terrified of that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm terrified of messing up. I'm terrified of, you know, making mistakes. But if I look back at it, like I was totally lying to myself. Mm -hmm. um, but there was no way that I would have known. 
There's no way that I would have known. Like, that wasn't even a thing. I probably didn't meet a gay person until I was, like, 17. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, an out gay person, okay. obviously. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, no, like, no, like one that that was like yeah. out and everybody knew about it. Okay. Um, yeah. So like, it wasn't a thing. It was not a thing. It mm-hmm. was not an option. It wasn't there. And like, I, it would bother me that I would have friends who would sit and talk about boys, and they're like, "Oh, he's so cute," and I'm like, oh, he's, "He's, he's, I can look at a dude and be like, he's super handsome," but mm-hmm. like. That's it. That's, yeah. that's the extent of it. I'm just like, okay. He sure is super handsome. Uh, basically, yeah. You know, and it it weirded me out for the longest time. Like, I thought I would have crushes, and I'm like, no, not. I mean, you know, I'd be like, oh, he's cute, and I guess he's funny. I guess I like him. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. is that how this works? Like, uh. I, so like, I barely dated. Like, I dated maybe three or four dudes, like ever. Mm-hmm. And they were fine. Like, it wasn't like it was some traumatic thing for yeah. me. It was just like sandpaper <laughs> it's just like rubbing a hand on sandpaper it's just like this doesn't quite feel right that's this a, that's an interesting metaphor yeah wow. it's yeah so and that bothered me for a long time mm-hmm. and so i move out here and i'm 26 and i'm like i mean at some point i guess i should start dating like everybody keeps asking and i'm like oh like there are guys that i'm like oh he's nice i guess like <laughs> it's it's such a it's this really weird thing like Learning what attraction actually feels like is really, really bizarre. Um, you do kind of become a teenager again, at least uh-huh. in my experience. Yeah? Yeah. Can you give an example? I mean, like, I just, I had no idea what it meant to be attracted to somebody. Yeah. And so when they, what clicked, what, or I guess clicked is the wrong way to put it. You mentioned, you used the word questioning. Yeah. What happened that made those, those attractions something that you were more cognitive of? Um... I think for a long time, people would kind of hint at it and they'd be like, you like girls, right? Like, is that a thing for you? And I'm like, no, like, no, of course not. Like, oh, externally. Oh, absolutely. No, I was it's, to my current girlfriend's face. I told her I was straight. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like, no, that's not a thing that you can be. Um, yeah. And so for the longest time it was, and like the more I would say it and joke about it because I joke that's how I deal with things that make me really uncomfortable um I would it felt more and more like a lie every single day and so that launched into just like this months long like I I tend to process things very quickly Ah. that's just how I I operate I'm a very introspective person and so this is I think this is a function of how OCD manifests in me is I obsess I obsess over it to the point of I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to process this. I'm going to understand it. Okay. And so I tend to have a more expedited process with a lot of these things. Like I know there are some people that struggle with coming out for years. And like for me, it was months. Like, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's just what it was for me. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. And so I really liked Supergirl season one. It was a good show. Like it's. It, it's, you know, it has its flaws. I mm-hmm. thought it was one of the stronger ones of the DC CW lineup. And I was watching season two, and the more I see people, they're like, oh, they're doing an LGBT run this season. I'm just like, oh, I can't watch it then. Like, oh, that's inappropriate. You felt that that was that mm-hmm. based on your background. You yeah, still felt that yeah that totally. Like, okay. oh, this is bad. Like, oh, they're forcing homosexuality into things. And like, it was, you know, it was that whole gamut that mm-hmm. I'm, now I feel shame over because I'm like, well, that was stupid. Like, you could have figured this out so much earlier but i don't know I, I think things happen in their own time for their own reasons yeah don't be too i don't think being hard i'm not yourself about i'm not that as a, it's a i do play the what if game a lot well i think that's natural yeah but though it, i mean now i'm just going back to my time in the hospital where does a what sure. if game generally get us sure uh, yeah but yeah i i do it too and and i feel i feel guilt i mean i mm-hmm. i don't want to delve into too much detail but my attitudes on this subject have changed tremendously. Since oh, I was I'm sure. Oh, and same. I've absolutely. Absolutely hurt people with yeah. horrible things. I oh, think. I was a horrible homophobe when I was a kid. Yeah. Like up until I was like my one of my very best friends came out to me as bisexual, and like that was the moment that I was like, oh, I need to figure out what I believe with this stuff. <laughs> like mm-hmm. for the longest time, I was just like, ah, eh, whatever. It's not affecting me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually sit down and it does affect you. You care. You yeah. care more than you realize. It's so possible to hurt somebody when you think you're being thoughtful. And it's so oh, yeah. possible to hurt somebody when you're being careless and don't realize it. Oh, totally. And that was me. I was the latter. I was just like, eh, whatever. You know, and like even like I, I think I handled it well with her. 
but like internally i was just like what the heck like this is so weird like what is she doing like no um but then supergirl uh and again the character's name alex danvers okay alex um and it's actually interesting i've read a lot of pieces from people that have had very similar experiences to me with this character in particular no kidding yeah yep um yeah and i I knew that this was going somewhere that I didn't know if I was ready for. What did you do? Sucked it up. Did you reach out to anyone? No. 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 This whole thing was just me. Because again, like I'm a very introspective person. I keep things to me until I'm ready to talk about them. So you fell into your kind of obsessive and introspective place. Mm -hmm. What was it like in there? Um, Confusing. I felt myself shifting away a lot and it it felt like I couldn't quite figure out where I was, like who I was. I had worked so hard in therapy. I had figured things out. And then all of a sudden, all of that had been shattered. And I'm like, crap, I have to like pick up the pieces again. There was, there was actually a moment in therapy because I started, I went in there because I had self-injurious tendencies and I thought they were just a bad habit. Okay. And then I remember sitting in there and my therapist was like, well, I have to diagnose you for insurance reasons and I'm going to say obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay. And it was just like my world just like f- f- stopped. <laughs> like I was like, no, that's not a thing. That's what they have in like my health videos and in school, like the weird people that do like crazy things over and over. Um, and it's like that was, you know, that was that that moment for me where it was like, oh, I have no idea who I am. And I remember like a few weeks later, after we had worked through different anxiety controlling techniques, I sat down and I looked at her and I was just like, I, I don't know who I am. Like, I feel like a blank sheet because everything that I've ever been has always been built on this anxiety and now it's not there anymore. Mm. And there's nothing underneath it. It was terrifying, Mm -hmm. but also weirdly liberating. Well, that's, I mean, anything that's radically unfamiliar is generally pretty scary. Yeah. Even if it's ultimately going to be good for you. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this was. And it was just this 2.0. Yeah. Cause I was like, wow. Uh, so Hey, (laughs) big secret. Like you should know yourself, you know, like that's just how, and like, I, my therapist was always really big on like, you never should say should, you know, you should never have like demanding language of yourself because that will automatically come with guilt. Um, but like you, like that was just my feeling. It was just like, you should know yourself. You should know who you are. You should know what you're about. Oh, well, we don't want to feel that way. It's but me. It, I sit in my head all day, you know, like it's so weird. But there you think about, I mean, there's a reason for all Polonius's fault. For mm-hmm. us. He, he did have one great piece of advice. He walks mm-hmm. up to Laertes before he leaves. And after his long winded speech, he says, and this above all, to thine own self be true. Yeah. But that advice does not indicate mm-hmm. that. Indi- that indicates it's an effort. Yeah, that's advice. That's by the way, self. I'm really happy you mentioned that because I so I, I rag on white women a lot because we're ridiculous. But <laughs> there's one of my favorite things that like that like women on Pinterest and stuff will share is things like know your truth or live your truth and I'm like it's such a trite stupid thing but like when you actually sit down and evaluate that sentence and that idea like it's world changing yeah the father says to his son by the way this is work yeah this is something you have to do not something that happens oh totally and I'll get to that um yeah so I hit a point where I was just like for a long time, I was like, oh, I'm bi. Okay, that's fine. So I'll just never go near girls It's because that's not okay. So we'll just stick with guys because apparently that's how that works. That's not how that works, by the way. Bisexuals are valid and you guys are great. But like, that's just what my thought process was. Mm-hmm. you know. And at this point in time, I was still a very um, active like I was a very active person in church. Right. So like I was, I, I didn't try to pray the gay away (laughs) as they say, it was more just like, is this a thing? Is this Mm -hmm. a thing? Is this all in my head? Because when you have anxiety, you, your brain tends to lie to you. Yep. And so I did, I was just like, is this a thing? Like, help me figure this out. You know? And like, it wasn't, yeah, I never, I don't think I ever asked like, Hey, make me straight. Like, I would say, try to, mm -hmm. we said, are you talking about you and God talking? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was more just like, like I, I, I had a friend who had a very personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. She had a very interesting background there and I really liked her approach to it. So that was something that when I was probably in my early twenties, I was like, Oh, I'm going to 
give that a shot. You know, like mm -hmm. treat God more like a friend than not this like terrifying omniscient being that just, you know, hates everybody. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and like I really liked that. And that was something that did get me through a lot of things. Um, you know, and it's something that I, I don't regret for a second. And like, I, I think I still kind of believe in it to a certain degree, but like I said, it's still very much in flux. Um, no, and that's, that's often the case, right? Yeah. It's kind of the nature of faith. I, I, yeah. Like, and I just, I hit a point where I was like, look, if this is a thing, then this is a thing and let's deal with it. I'm, yeah. I'm very much a cards on the table person. So I, this, there, there's this one episode that came out and everybody was talking about it. And I was like, Oh fuck, <laughs> this is going to be it, isn't it? And it was, and it was the scene where she admits to her, her interest that she did not, she was not aware was her love interest that she's gay. Mm -hmm. And the entire monologue was just a knife in the chest because it was everything I have ever felt ever. And she's, it's just this character saying it with such grace and it was just like, it's this moment where I, I watched it and it reached the end of the YouTube clip. And I was just like, I, you're just like, you're, I think there's such a thing as very loud silence. Mm. And that's what this felt like. Was just like that rush of like, well, <laughs> like, I guess this is a thing now. Um, yeah, and like it wasn't, it was that probably wasn't the moment that I was like, oh yeah, no, this is me. It was just the moment of like, yeah, like, yes, this is a thing, and this is something you're gonna have to come to terms with and figure out for yourself. Uh, and again, like all internally, so like I had nobody to help me with this, and it was yeah. terrifying. Um, yeah, and actually, as silly as it sounds, uh, the election is kind of what broke everything. How so? So, yeah, I'm not, you know, I don't, obviously, I don't, it's, it's not politics, but I don't want to get into the specifics of that shit. Anyway, the morning after the election, mm -hmm. you know, obviously, as a very privileged person, like, we all should have known. But, like, for me, it was the first time in my life that I looked at my world and was like, the world is not what I think it is. Mm. This is terrifying. <laughs> And I remember sitting there and just thinking, again, going back to living your truth. And I was like, okay, if people can be racist assholes, and if people can be bigots, and if people can write legislation that shuts down you know, the lives of other people, and they can do that unchecked, why can't I be the opposite? Why can't I be loud? Why can't I say things? Why can't I be me? And I just hit this point where I was like, I can't lie anymore. Hmm. I can't lie. I can't lie to myself. I can't put on a face. I can't be fake. Like, I have to, this is me, and I have to deal with it. And people are going to have to deal with it. And I think ultimately for me, it was from a place of I want to help people. Because this is fucked up and broken, and I think I can do that now. Hmm. So, yeah, and that was, that was probably the day that I was like, yep, I'm gay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was weird, and you know, bless you, white ladies, for coming up with your stupid sayings because that one actually did stick. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's actually one of my favorite stories to tell because it's like, oh yeah, I realized I was gay because of a show on the CW. Like, <laughs> that's you know what? First off, Vampire Diaries is fine television. I have heard very good things about that show. I've actually never watched it. I, yeah, the first few episodes, you're gonna be like, what is this? And then once the smoke machines go away, it turns into a, there's about four seasons where it's just nonstop. I have, we had patients at the old clinic where I worked that were huge into that show. It was really, yeah. for years it was really uh -huh. good. Yeah. It, it was like it had an ensemble cast. Something happened every episode. Like it moved the plot forward That's cool. constantly. It killed people off right, left and sideways and it never felt cheap. That's cool. Um, it was That's fun. really cool. Yeah, it was, it was a really good show. We love good writing. Uh, we love CW. I Riverdale for life. You know, I like Supergirl now. The show's kind of uh, the quality of it has dipped, but and like I haven't really kept up on it, which is you know it's it feels strange to say, but like that that was it. Like that is a moment I will never forget. Is <laughs> sitting there and watching that clip and just being like. It me, <laughs> like there she is, and yeah, it was terrifying, but it was also extremely liberating. 
I, I want to thank you for sharing all of that. Uh, and no, of course. I, I appreciate your honesty and all of those. I know not, I can't imagine. It's how... probably the first time that I've actually sat down and said all this stuff out loud. So wow. yeah, naturally I'm doing it in front of a camera because I'm a huge narcissist. It's a... You're not a narcissist, <laughs> but you know, you, you always want to make sure that you discuss these things in front of thousands of people. Oh but, yeah, of course. But again, you're, you're, you said you wanted to, be heard and tell truth. Yeah, so you're uh, you know that's what kind of. You see here as I mean, there, not everybody we know in this community, not everybody who listens is going to share all the convictions that you and I sure. share here. Oh, totally. And I understand that, but we need to say what matters to us. Yeah, well, that's just it. Like, I think it goes back to what is your truth? Like, what is the difference between truth and your truth? <laughs> you know, and I think your truth again is just that place of total honesty and like not putting on airs anymore and not being fake and not being afraid to just say like this is me and i hope you can fucking deal uh, I'm, I'm still too terrified to do that completely. it's really scary i don't like it but i i also i don't know like i tend to feel a very strong sense of pay it forward like there have been a lot of people in my life that i felt very inspired by and so i want to kind of take what they've given me and hopefully give it to someone else like that's always been important to me cassidy we've uh it's a good episode we've actually gone probably about as long as we're going to and yeah a single podcast episode so mm-hmm. we're going to do for uh single serving the second okay. more screwball segment of the show is i'm going to wrap that up in a patreon exclusive that's okay. okay no yeah, yeah. we'll add that drop that on the feed you do whatever okay. you don't want to go from me crying to fun <laughs> well actually that's what we usually do <laughs> Uh, that's great. That's no, I love very, that. Well, I, I mean, actually we love just, that. We could do it here still. Do you want to do it here? Yeah, of course. Quick lightning round. It's up to you. Okay, single serving is lightning. You know what? We're going to do it here. People love that single serving. Love that. Okay. All right. So uh, always we start with this first one. This is our community okay. submitted question. Always our first. What is best sandwich? Best sandwich. Yeah, what is best sandwich? People hit this from all different angles. Almost always a different answer. Quiznos roasted turkey sub. Whoa, a brand. Oh yeah. Oh my. Oh, Quiznos is legit. Like Quiznos is so good. Quiznos roasted turkey sub. They they toast it. Full or a half. Any any ingredient customization? Okay, you know what? I actually have to retract that. (gasps) So Quiznos is very good, but there's this place called Jersey Mike's. I don't. I think they have them around here. I know Jersey Mike's. Okay, yeah. Yeah. They so they are also in the in the Midwest. Like that's where I first Mm -hmm. found them, and their turkey sub is unbelievably good because they put vinegar on it. Ooh. I know. Apparently, that's like a New Jersey thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm salivating right now. I haven't really had bread good. in more than a month. It's so really, really, really good. Oh, you get that and like some sea salt and vinegar chips and like, oh, oh. man, stop talking about carbs. Ah, you're, so good. you're on a roll. It's very one good. The, one, the, one that brought up uh, brought up sandwiches. So I guess that's kind of my fault. Though. It's fair. I, I also do enjoy a good Monte Cristo from time to time. Oh, I like. Oh, you like a sandwich? You get the dip. It's all fancy. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, Monte Cristo is like. That's like a tuxedo sandwich. That's like you made an effort. Like, it's like taking it a step further. It's I'm just great. imagining you in like like a tuxedo and like tails and white gloves <laughs> eating a Monte Cristo. It was like dipping it. I would it in. love that actually. Yeah, that's a good day. yeah that'd be it's great. A very good day right there. <laughs> it's kind of spectacular. Uh, uh, what's your favorite word? My favorite word. Oh man, I don't know. I guess that depends. Like. Well, that's no fun. You gotta, I know. Gotta, gotta commit here. It's it's you got uh, got Ross Geller shouting at the lightning round. Oh man, I'm not good at these. Are like very these are very like elaborate well, these lightning are very silly. rounds. My favorite word. Yeah. Probably. Can I have a phrase? Why not? Okay, I think my favorite phrase is probably like I did it. I did it. Like get that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I did it. I Why did it. I did it? Because it's like you did it. You know, like it it's it it for me has always been something of like, oh, I was scared of this. This was something I was working toward. I did it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and, I, I think that's probably it. I love Angie loves to just go, I did it. Yeah. Uh, very fast. It makes me very happy. Like texting that to somebody feels so good. You're just like, I did it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. It's beautiful stuff. Exactly. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. I, that's fun. Thank you. I like that one a lot. Mm, yeah. Uh, what's the best song written in the last 100 years? Uh, the best song written in the last 100 years is probably Brave by Sarah Bareilles. Ooh, expound. Sarah Bareilles is my favorite artist of all yeah. time. Yeah. And why is Brave the best song? I think it's, I mean, it's co-written by Jack Antonoff. That dude's incredibly talented too. But uh, And it, actually, I loved this song before I knew it was about gay people. <laughs> and like, it came out way before all that. It's just a song, again, like, 
I think I like I, I feel like I went through my teenage years in my 20s like in my early 20s and it was very much a song of just like just do it like you need to just I want to see you be brave I want to see you do it like I want to see you get out there and I want to see you put yourself on the line and it's scary but you need to do it um yeah and that song like still just like sits with me all the time right yeah what's the uh, first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice oh yikes <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. I know I've actually gotten more used to it over the years. I hated it at first for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, the harder part for me now is getting used to myself on camera. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I hate seeing my mannerisms because I'm just like, oh, why do you do that? Oh, what, what mannerism about yourself irritates you? Um, I, especially if I'm hosting videos, my eyebrows go crazy. Oh, okay. And I think this comes from singing because when you sing with proper technique you lift your soft palate and your eyebrows are an indicator of that moving wait are you a singer too i am yes okay is there anything you can't do you do visual art you write you <laughs> produce and now you sing and i just like things i just like making things i don't know yeah yeah what do you sing um i used to be in a band i used to be a, a songwriter and no i'm kidding yeah i did not know that about yeah you. yeah it was fun um i haven't done it in a while i miss it sometimes but it's a it's a huge time sink i just don't have anymore yeah yeah what was the band called uh, there were two. There was one that was the Young Midwesters, and then the other one was All the King's Men, which is weird because I'm not a man, but you know. Yeah, it works. The Royal. The Royal Men. The Royal. The... <laughs> As they say. And uh, the last one for today. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's always, I mean, this really will define <coughs> you as a person. Okay. Cake or pie? Cake. I don't like fruity desserts. Yeah. What's that? I don't like fruity desserts. Don't like fruity desserts? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there are certain pies that I really like. I like a good, like, chess pie, mm -hmm. I like a good pumpkin pie. Like cake. What kind of cake? What's cake. a good cake? Chocolate cake. Yeah, chocolate cake a nice, bodacious. rich chocolate cake with real good, thick buttercream frosting. Just. I'm realizing I wrote so many of these questions before I was on keto. And now oh, I'm just like no. so hungry. I'm like, ah. I know so many people that are on keto right now, and I feel so bad for all of them. Well, you know what? It's really not a bad way to live. It's, it's honestly, oh, no, no. It's a great diet. It's just like I always feel like. Like John Ryan here at IGN, like I was getting a bagel the other day and he was just like, hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, don't look. It's explicit. You can't, <laughs> you can't. It's disgusting. You hate it. Trust me. It's the worst thing. I hate having to eat it. No, nah, yeah. Keto is not bad. It's a good Kickstarter mm -hmm. for, for oh, sure. calorie counting and things like that. I've actually. I'm, I think anything that helps people feel like a better version of themselves is great. Yeah. You know, and if that does that, I think it's awesome. Everything about having to poop all the time. That's, that's about the only part. I mean, awesome. you know, you know, I you feel know. good after. There is that. Yeah. <laughs> Cassidy, uh, we've reached that marvelous uh, segment of the show where you plug things that you care about or want to talk about. Uh, um, sure. So what do you care about or want to talk about? What are you up to right now? Um, I mean, professionally, I'm just doing Snapchat and Instagram stuff all the time, every okay. single day. Uh, yeah, personally, I am working on a number of different things. I usually have some kind of creative project going because I like to hurt myself. But uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to get back into writing fiction again. I haven't done it in years. And yeah, I feel like I'm in a headspace now where I understand it more than I did when I was 19. Uh, yeah, I I would like to try and put out a comic by the end of the year, Ooh, and wow. I yeah yeah that's yeah. a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and I have no idea how to do it. So it's just kind of me stumbling in the dark, but it's fun. I I work best when I'm teaching myself how to do things. So okay. yeah, uh, and yeah, I've been actually playing around more with like filmmaking and stuff. Oh, since fun! I, yeah, since I took up this job because there's like this whole production aspect of it that I never touched on because I was always editorial. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been kind of playing around with both of those a little bit. Well, now you're a manager, producer, you're doing all kinds of things, right? Yeah, stay wow. busy, sleep well at night. But again, you were you were saying you're you're living out your teenage years in your twenties, but if yeah. that's the case, I'm still in freelancing, so I'm probably uh, about ten years behind you at this point. <laughs> no, you're not. So. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, um, this was a bona fide pleasure. Thank, oh, thank you. you. Thank, thank you for willing to talk about all these things. I, you know, thank you for creating an environment where it feels very safe and conducive to do so. It's fun. I, I really enjoy this. Um, it's a good group of people. And uh, I, I like that. I like this community is a, a place where people are willing to talk and listen. Both. Yeah. That's been very common. We I think that's that. very healing. And I think that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. I admire that. And if you want to talk and listen, uh, you can also, you know, always drop your comments here in the video or rate us on iTunes. But you can also just write to mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com. That's mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com. And uh, say hello. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, and I'll see you next time.